sounds to me like we've reached the wilds of Main Street UCI, the podcast that talks about all things Disney, from the parks to movies, collectibles, and a whole lot more. I'm Jennifer. I'm Zen. And I'm David. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do something fun. All right, so today we'll be delving into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is it starting to lose steam against DC, or is it still going strong? And what would we change if we were in charge of it? And then it's trivia time. David gained a pretty substantial lead last time, so can Zen catch up? Grab some shawarma and pull up a chair. It's time to assemble. (laughs) (laughs) UCI Main Street is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals. And we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big. Take risks. Be amazing. This year, Marvel Studios is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. And what better thing to do on an anniversary than look back and revisit everything that's happened in the past decade. So guys, 20 Marvel movies in the past 10 years. How do you think Disney's done? Any signs of slowing down? Is DC a threat at all? What do you guys think? Oh. <laughs> um, huh. You know, the, the thing is that I don't think they're slowing down. I think that it is a very well-planned, oiled machine. Mm-hmm. They, the, the, I once saw an article about Star Wars, and I'm going to come back. I mean, of course, that's a, that's a Disney property, too. Everything mm-hmm. is now. But the article <laughs> said, you will not live long enough to see the last Star Wars film. Oh. And I think it's this, it's, almost in, it's almost for certain that they will keep on pumping out Star Wars films forever. And I feel it's the same way with cap. Uh, I'm sorry, superhero films. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I think they have another. I mean, this this was essentially the last Avengers movie was essentially a culmination of a ten year plan. I think they're about ready to start another round of a ten year plan. Essentially, well, the the last Avengers movie was part one of a two part. They're doing another part, are they right. not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but what I mean, it's it's a culmination. Of all the movies before, and this was the end game of all the movies up till now, is mm-hmm. this was that last Avengers movie and the future Avengers movies are going to be the culmination of everything they've done. And I think they're just going to start up essentially another story arc. The question is, you know, a lot of these actors are getting a little bit older and yeah. they don't look the same. And will they start it up with new actors? Will it be like James Bond? They got different people <laughs> playing. Captain America. Oh, that'd be well, sad. we got a couple people playing the Falcon already, and oh, you that's know, true. Mm-hmm. so in the future, will and then the Hulk for that matter. Yeah, how oh, would yeah, that yeah, two yeah. people play the Hulk? Yeah. 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 So, will they change the characters, change the actors who play the characters, or will they uh, just bring in new? There's so there's thousands and thousands of superheroes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the question is, will there be superhero fatigue? I think. That's a question. I think they will keep on pushing them out as long as the people will watch them. Oh, of course. Yeah. And when you look at the different types of movie genres out there, traditionally there has been genre fatigue. And I'll give an explanation of this for a while. Remember there was cowboy, like in the 70s, all you saw was cowboy movies. Oh, true. And cowboy the spaghetti TV westerns. Absolutely, spaghetti yeah. Westerns. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s and the 2000s, 
there's a hand. I mean, in the seventies, all cowboy films, and then some in like eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. You know, name like ten good ones. There's like Unforgiven. There's mm. just a hand. Maybe a country, no country for old men. Oh. But that's a modern rendition. Mm-hmm. They're badly so, ugly. That's an older one. Oh, there was okay. like the spoof ones too, <clears throat> like um, the Three Amigos, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like Young Guns, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, they, the genre never came back. And mm-hmm. then I'll even point to a couple other ones, like swimming films. There was a time and period oh, where yeah. there was like all these synchronized swimming films and pirate films. There was a period of pirate True. films only. Yeah. Dog and, films. There was a huge period of dog films in like the early 2000s. There have been several attempts actually to resurrect the genre nowadays Uh with terrible, terrible films like Nine Lives. I don't know if either of you had to see that one. This is getting completely off topic now. (laughs) (laughs) Disney, I don't think, owns those properties. Well, they did Air Air Bud. Air Bud. Is that a Disney property? I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah, it is. Because they had had one of the dogs at D23 Expo one of the Uh, years. And it was like <laughs> a highlight. It was so freaking yeah, cute. That's a, great. But you were not allowed dog. to touch the dog. They were very specific. They're like, you just sit here. We'll bring the dog over here. Do not touch the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're sitting next to this cute little fluffy thing, and you're like, I want to pet you, but you're I so cute. Touch you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want, they don't want me imprinting upon you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can totally see it. Like hundreds of people who knows what their where their hands have been. Yeah. yeah. So what's your take? I mean, I, I mean. I think they're firing on all cylinders as opposed to the DC universe. Is yeah. Yeah. Although so Wonder hard. Woman was freaking amazing. Okay. We can get into this in a few <laughs> minutes. I do have to keep us on track for yes, Marvel yes, for okay. just a yes. second. Okay. okay. Yes. So, uh, as far as your comments go, Zen, I think that I completely agree. Uh, I think that Disney is going to keep churning out these movies as long as they're making millions and billions of dollars on them. I have no idea how much Avengers Infinity War made. I'd wager to believe that it was in the hundreds of millions, if not the low billion dollar figure. So I don't think that it's stopping as long as people are still going to see those movies. That being said... I do have a full disclosure hing- thing to go for here. Ooh, I okay. hear disclosure. I've only actually seen three Marvel movies. <laughs> and I've never seen any of the DC movies full out. Someone oh. get us a new host, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I have seen four, five, six, seven, eight of the Star Wars universe. So you don't have to okay. really okay, hire so a new host there. yet. All right, all right. So I think a lot of the input that I'm going to bring here is just as sort of an outsider who judges these films just based on my first impression. And my first impression is, as far as superhero fatigue goes, I'm already fatigued. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. There are so many Marvel movies that I just feel like I don't need to see. As a person that never liked comic books when I was a kid, who never saw a lot of superhero movies when I was a kid, that was really never my speed. Mm -hmm. These are films... Like Thor, Thor the Dark World, Ant-Man. I'm just looking at a list of them right now. Even Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther. Films that I just don't feel like I need to see. And Disney has a really impressive marketing tactic where they try to frame these films as, oh, if you want to figure out what's going on in Infinity War, you have to see... The Incredible Hulk, yeah. 2008. You really don't. <laughs> you really don't have to see all of these films. And if 
I don't have to go see something and I can see a film that's more to my taste, why bother, is my sort of thinking here. You know, I kind of have the same impression with some of these, because a lot of these characters I had only heard little bits and pieces of. Like, I had never heard of um, Guardians of the Galaxy before. And mm-hmm. when that was first introduced, I was like, uh, I don't know, like, I'm on board for Captain America and Iron Man and all that, but... Who are these guys? These guys seem I'm like I'm pretty sure ones. that people only went to go see Doctor Strange because Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. That's <laughs> my inclination. Yeah, that was another one. I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be any good. And then afterwards it was like, oh, actually, that was really impressive. Good hmm. job. Interesting. Well, I, okay, so I'm a big comic book fan. I have a confession. Um, this okay. is my disclosure. <laughs> okay. <coughs> my disclosure is that in the 80s, um, I, between the 80s and about 2000, I managed to collect, much to the chagrin of my parents, over 14 long boxes of comics. Wow. <laughs> I think it roughly comes out to something like you know, 6,000 comic books wow. or something crazy like that. And they're still in my parents' house. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I knew about all these characters. But I do remember when um, Iron Man first came out, <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> um, when Iron Man first came out, everyone I knew of who didn't read comic books, everyone was like, "Is he a robot?" <laughs> you know, it's what, I mean, I now, now everyone, now everyone, but actually back then, in two thousand eight, no one knew who Iron Man was. Another one was people didn't know who Captain America was, mm-hmm. <coughs> which is a shame. <coughs> Um, I just don't have the brand equity. Everyone knows Superman. Everyone knows Batman. But the Marvel superheroes, um, just in the public conscious, just wasn't as large as the DC arena. And that's kind of the surprising thing is everyone knows Robin. Everyone knows all these other superheroes. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Right, Aquaman. Aquaman. But on um, on the Marvel side, no one knows them. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny to see that the tables have turned. Yeah. And and now they now they kind of rule the movie. I universe. think that's part of the genius of Disney. Again, from an outsider's <coughs> perspective looking in here. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of the genius of Disney taking over the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that these are properties that nobody who hasn't read comic books as uh, prolifically as you have, Zen, is ever have going to heard of these characters and yet they're taking advantage of the fact that again my opinion dceu is run so incompetently <laughs> that they're able to put together this massive cinematic project and i think actually they've done really well with that yeah i definitely agree i mean i know for myself when i was growing up we had um the x-men cartoon series two of them there was like one in the 90s and one in the early 2000s and so those were really really you know well known but any of these characters i had no idea about whatsoever and yeah it's just it's so funny now when you know you've got dc characters that should be a slam dunk i mean they had their own tv series they had um you know the different versions of the batman cartoons and and things like that and yeah how is it that they can't 
get as as good of a response as Marvel has been able to. It's kind of sad. (laughs) It really is kind of sad. Except for one area. There is one area that I feel like DC just killed it compared to Marvel. And? And that is Wonder Woman. I really did not like Wonder Woman. (gasps) Okay, hold on, hold on. This is a really unpopular opinion, but. Full disclosure. Yeah. My mom is a huge Wonder Woman fan, and she dressed me up as Wonder Woman for Halloween when I was two. Oh my gosh, so, like, I loved I loved Wonder Woman <laughs> when too. I was a kid. I had those old Wonder Woman films. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never even watched them, but I had a huge movie crush on Wonder Woman oh. when I was a kid. <laughs> totally. Linda Carter was so iconic. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just like I can. It's just Linda Carter is Wonder Woman. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll give her this. Gal Gadot looks the part. She is so. She is. Oh man. She, if there sure, were yeah. anybody that could be as iconic as Linda Carter in that role, it's Gal Gadot. She just. She love, looks love, like love. she could kick my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and she probably could. But also, I mean, the, the, the Wonder Woman comes from the comic books is Greek mythology, mm-hmm. right? And she has that. I mean, she's. I, believe Israeli though yeah but she yes. definitely has a look of kind of that Greek yeah. kind mm-hmm. of when you think of like the a Greek, Mediterranean kind yeah. of yeah so when I see her face it's just like oh yeah she's totally the character mm-hmm. so. definitely but we're talking about Marvel we're talking about we Marvel, are talking about Marvel. <laughs> but, that's but, but one of the questions was <laughs> mm-hmm. whether DC holds yeah. up whether Marvel is losing steam and so I think that this whole discussion is relevant yeah yeah well I'll, t- I'll t- you know this is completely kind of going sideways but still but the uh, I understood the reason why they kind of started out with Iron Man was he was not a well-known character, and it was something. Some of the other characters had a little bit more history. Like if you started out with a Wolverine film, oh, actually, yeah. I think Wolverine was out. I mean, the, if you changed his background and his story, people would have gone ballistic. But with a little bit lesser known comic book character, you were kind of free to reinvent his history and rewrite the story. Hmm. And so, and also Iron Man, if it didn't do well, it could have been a throwaway character. It's just, eh, we just won't use him in the future. It just didn't resonate. Let's try the next character. Yeah. And instead, he became kind of one of the cornerstones, I feel like. You know, you've got. Iron Man, you've got Captain America, you've got Thor that are kind of the major, major players. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, that's the one part I think DC was able to do a little bit better is they have a really, really strong female lead in Wonder Woman. And what's her face? Um, Black Widow. Black Widow is just not, not that impressive to me. Yeah, I agree. Marvel really doesn't have a female protagonist to yeah. match here. But who I would love to see be their kind of female front runner would be Shuri from um, Black Panther. She is so freaking awesome. She's like mm-hmm. Disney princess of science. I love her. She is so freaking cool. Like that whole movie, I was kind of like, okay, I know this movie is about you, Black Panther, but let's be real, your sister's kind of stealing his show. You know, I, I, I guess for Black Widow, I really have a soft spot in, of the character for me. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is that I just think they haven't given the opportunity to tell a good backstory for her. So if they gave her like the backstory that, and actually she was supposed to be like a Russian agent, that if you saw her and her real background, instead of like this hinting at her background, 
and they gave her a good story, you would love her just as much as you would love Wonder Woman. I would be she's all for bad- that. I mean, she's really a badass character, and they just she's. But unfortunately, she's gotten the treatment as a second. Oh, she's like in everyone else's film as uh, the Robin. She's kind of yeah. She's like an accessory to absolutely everything else, or you know. At this point, she's almost like the the one that can quell the Hulk's anger. Yeah, and that's basically that's, it. That's all I know is that Agent of Ultron. They tried to give her a backstory. They yeah. tried to give her character development. That's the thing, though, is that as far as movies go, a character development is yeah. far more important than a backstory. Yeah. In Age of Ultron, they gave her sort of a backstory, but she's not a very well-developed character. Yeah, the well-developed characters mm-hmm. are Iron Man, Captain America, uh, even Thor and the Hulk are more well-developed than Black Widow is. Mm-hmm. Um, even Vision, I mean... Yeah. Even yeah. Had, it's like, and he's only been in like one film, yeah. two films. Two films. Yeah. Two, two films. And the thing is, like, he's already more well-developed than, than the Black Widow. And she's, like you said, she's an accessory to all the others. Yeah. Heroes. Yeah. I want to take us back really quickly, Zen. I have, actually, I, I have a question for you because you made the point that when Marvel experiments with these little-known characters, they have a little bit more leeway to experiment with them and make artistic choices without angering the internet community so much. That was the point that I... <laughs> thought I heard you make. Yeah. Well, actually... But the, the, let me, let me no. just say that the involvement that I've had on social communities, mainly Facebook and Twitter, has been largely the opposite. On which ones? I, when... The experience that I've had is that when... Particularly with Iron Man. I think Iron Man is the most prevalent uh, backstory that that people are angry about here. But what happened is I never saw Iron Man three. But my understanding of it from yeah. watching uh, from watching <laughs> analysis okay. of Age of Ultron was that at the end of Iron Man three, uh, Tony Stark quit. Basically, he decided he was wanted to stop being Iron Man. People flipped out because it wasn't accurate to the comic books and so I was just curious as to what you meant by they had more artistic room because in my mind well I don't see Disney making a whole lot of huge new bold artistic choices oh, for I'll the MCU it's, it's a lot like the James Bond films if you ever read any of the James Bond books they took a lot of liberty when the the, the James Bond books were always like these little maybe like two-thirds of an inch book, maybe half an inch book. Sometimes they're just little stories in Playboy or whatever. And when they actually brought on an actor, they actually, I believe it was Ian Fleming, he didn't like Sean Connery. Ooh. He actually did not like Sean Connery. And then later on, he, he changed his mind and said, oh, wow, he's amazing. And then he started doing things. He started writing the books up as Sean Connery as James Bond when mm-hmm. he fleshed it out. Oh, interesting. So Sean Connery is James Bond. <clears throat> when you look at the comic books, um, at least in the 80s and the 90s with um, Tony Stark, he wasn't he wasn't anywhere. I mean, maybe the newer ones are like this, but, that's, but he was not nearly as arrogant as huh. the current. Um, I mean, 
th- that's definitely Robert Downey Jr. This sure. It's a completely Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. has become Iron Man. Hmm. The other thing was that uh, the big storylines for Tony Stark was that he was a raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And he was always fighting the demons of being a raging alcoholic. And there's so, you know, he's dying. I mean, he's got this thing in his chest. And so he's he's actually a much deeper character, in my opinion, in the comic books than he is. Um, there, there's a famous storyline called uh, Demon in a Bottle series. And they just talk about him being an alcoholic. Also, there's points and times where he gave, you know, is he Iron Man? Is he not Iron Man? It, it, so the thing is that I think they simplified the character and just made it. And, and hey. I love Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and I, I like the new Tony Stark. I think we've covered this subject yeah. on the podcast before, yeah. have we not? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. done a great job. But they definitely have taken a new direction with Tony Stark and his background. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have to modernize these things. I'm fully aware of it because I believe I might be wrong because, I mean, it was I believe Iron Man started 63-ish. I think the war he actually got to shrapnel might have been the Vietnam War. And and so the thing is that, you know, so, of course, they moved it to the Iraq War and such. So there's there's a lot, a lot of things that they took liberties over the years. And But the thing is, it's, times have changed and you had to modernize your characters. But once again, it's one of those things where um, he wasn't so beloved. Like when you talk about top tier comic books. Iron Man, like if one is a top and like the bottom of the ring is like Blade at 10, um, as far as superheroes, I would say Iron Man's maybe a one and a half to maybe two. He's He he had his own comic books, but it's not what all the kids wanted. To yeah. Buy. Yeah. So it wasn't. And, and then the other part is like things like Ant-Man or, or better yet, there's a reason why you hadn't heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. I've got 6,000 comic books, and I don't think I even have a guest appearance from the Guardians of the Galaxy wow. in any of those things. And they've been, I knew of them, but I was just like, wait a minute, that's the one with the raccoon, right? Or was it a, you know, or was it a hamster? I can't remember. You yeah, know? it was so unheard of that <clears throat> it almost yeah. felt like, okay, Disney, are you kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel now, or well, it, what's happening? But I think the reason why they went that direction is because, once again, it was riskless, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the first time they made, a, essentially, it's a comedy superhero. Yeah. And so it was riskless to use that type of character as a prototype, and if they screwed up, it's like, eh, they're throwaway characters anyways, if no one likes it. But it turned out everyone loved him. And then and then once again, that's another series where if you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy, they don't look much like the characters. They now model the comic book after the the movies. Interesting. So hmm. yeah, I mean, and they're like, if you're talking about tier one, tier two, this is like tier sixteen superheroes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure if I answered the question, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if you did either, but I think the discussion is still very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I think if you were to go down here about superheroes, the list of Marvel movies, the list of Marvel superheroes that they made movies out of that I would have heard of Mm -hmm. before they had made a movie (laughs) about them, I can count them on one hand. Yeah. It would have been Spider-Man, mm-hmm. maybe Iron Man, right. maybe the Hulk, only because there was an Ang Lee film from 2003 <laughs> well, about the Hulk that I saw. Good. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Black Panther? 
No, I never heard of Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, once again, Black Panther is... Like I never a, heard of Black Panther before yeah. I saw Civil War. Yeah. So, I mean, in so many ways, a lot of these characters are... It's like, it's new to people, and and that's wonderful. So, I, I t- but honestly, you were talking about superhero fatigue. Sure. Um, I started out 10 years ago loving all the films, mm-hmm. and then as time has gone by, I've actually personally have had superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, oh, and they weren't doing character development, and that kind of, I don't know, I'm not sure, angered me, but it's just like, ah. Oh, they're, they're, they need to develop these characters more, and they felt like little tiny stories. But now, of course, with this last Avengers film, it felt like, oh, it is a culmination up to them. But it's like, why do I have to watch 20 or 19 films to get to the culmination? Yeah. And they could have told better, more... Look, every single every single Marvel film is a minimum of B-, and the top ones are A's. But it felt like they're all hovering at a B, and when everything is hovering in the same level, they're all they turn into C's, right? You know, because that's average. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it was more of the same. Um, not Black Panther, but it's like it felt like Thor was losing his stride. But then the third one became they modeled it. Thor was Guardians. kind of awesome. Yeah, it felt well, very Guardians of the Galaxy. It became Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was yeah. just kind of like. Ugh. I had to change the tone, and I know that's not a popular opinion, but it became, it kind of, I think it, actually it's kind of a throwaway movie with the exception of getting, it was fun. Yeah, it's fun, But it's yeah. a throwaway movie. You don't necessarily have to see it really to, <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's talk about Displintering, because there's more Marvel comic book characters that are not under the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Like, you have the X-Men. Deadpool. Deadpool. Mm-hmm. X-Men. Um, Poor X-Men. Yeah. Except for the last Logan. I couldn't even watch it. It was just, it sounded so freaking depressing. My husband watched it without me, and he was like, it's a good thing you didn't watch that. That was extremely depressing. I need to go, like, watch a million happy things now. did you see it? Logan? Logan? I really, really want to, but... It's, 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 if you took Unforgiven, the movie with Clint Eastwood, and you mixed it in with a superhero film... Hmm. Wolverine is he's like that that aging gunslinger who just wants to retire and, and go out on a boat and it's just like his past just keeps on catching up to oh my god I love Hugh Jackman though yeah and Hugh Jackman is brilliant in it and well, of Patrick course he Stewart is. is brilliant in it it is so good you yeah. have to go see it but it's really a gun it, it's very much like a un, I, I just watched Unforgiven recently but it's like it's like Unforgiven, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a completely different genre, but it brings a whole new... Once again, it's, it's like it reveals more about the characters. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think <clears throat> that I would be way more interested in the Marvel movies, personally, if they did more that were like Infinity War, I think. Yeah. Avengers, mm-hmm. those big culmination films are the major theatrical releases. I mean, these films make a lot of money. We're looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and over the course of 20 films, they've made almost $18 billion net box office. That is insane. (laughs) Yet the reason that I don't feel like I need to see a lot of these movies is because they just kind of feel like throwaway films. If they're not big culmination films, and I know from from experience of just seeing bits and pieces here and there, that a lot of these origin stories aren't going to be that important well, to me. Like you I, I don't I don't know 
because I haven't seen these films, but Avengers Infinity War, as you said, is such a a 10-year culmination. Mm -hmm. And then about three months later, they come out with Ant-Man and the Wasp, which even the most (laughs) ardent Marvel supporters were calling a little bit lackluster, wouldn't you say? It wasn't bad. I'm not saying it's bad. (laughs) I'm just just saying lackluster. Well, you know, I guess what it is is that the Avengers Infinity War... Up till now, it's just like every movie is just like you felt like they had to introduce another character. Mm-hmm. It's just like in the Stingers. Oh, here's Nick Fury. And oh, you know, like here's Thor's hammer. It always felt like each movie they couldn't concentrate on the character. They always had. It's like an yeah. introduction to the next one. Except for Infinity War. Uh-huh. When you watch Infinity War, it's just like. Let's just tell a story yeah. and forget about the backstory. You finally know right. everybody. Yeah, you finally know everybody. <laughs> now we'll tell you a let's story. Let's tell us a story. Well, Come out of the last, you're right, years. out of the last seven movies they've made, five of them have centered on new characters. Four or five. I may have miscounted. Yeah. So So that's a lot. <clears throat> it, it It is what it is. I, I You know, you get, so it, they're all good films. I think there's, I mean, they're much better than, in my opinion, things like Fast and Furious, which are well, I mean, Fast and Furious has its place in time, but I mean, it's I just seen like them. <laughs> you know what? It's just like you you want to go in and you just want to be entertained, and Fast and Furious is perfect for that. You know, yeah. you watch the film. It's like, hey, that was kind of fun to watch. There's lots of explosion, jumping cars, family, Corona beers, and you're good. Or or BVS Dawn of Justice. I didn't even really need oh. to see that one <laughs> to know that it was going to be a mess. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. Like. As, as much as all of these Marvel movies are really good, some of them better than others, none have been able to come to give me that same feeling like Wonder Woman did. So I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting to have that same, like, jumping up, like, literally jumping up and yeah. down as soon as I left the theater. Like, that was amazing. Well, I think, I, yeah. Yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. And, and that's what I mean. It's like, I felt like Wolverine was that film. Yeah. Is that it's like, you got, the, it's just like, told something a told a story yeah you know and that's what all movie a good you know there's so many good there's so many movies out there i just can't believe how many bad writers there are oh my god and i'm not calling marvel's writers bad writers far from it but that's part of the thing that's making me fatigued is just that there are 20 movies now that we have and this again unpopular opinion i think for me most, if not all of them, are just kind of painfully average. I mean, you take movies that are, in my opinion, good films. I, I recently just watched Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's a film that, with the character development, that I really just loved and would turn on again just to explore all of the different aspects of the filmmaking that are going on there. I don't think I could ever, of the three Marvel movies that I've seen, I don't think I'd ever turn on any of them again. I've seen them once. I don't think I can glean anything more from them. Yeah. That's part of what's making me fatigued is it's just average movie after average movie, and I can't me, I can't stay interested. Let me ask you this. Okay. Did you watch the Christopher Nolan Batmans? Yes. What and I, I love them. See, that's... Those the- are the ones, all three of them, I will... Put on binge. I've seen all of them at least five or six times, wow. and I love all of them. And and that's that's a difference. I mean, I feel like uh, they're all entertaining. All the Marvel films are entertaining, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, 
but it doesn't get to the level like a Christopher Nolan film where it's just like, here's a story. It just happens to have it, superheroes it, in it. It yeah, grips you is true. what it does. And that's what Wolverine is. The that same deep thing emotion. As, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that I, I like movies where it's there's a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to have A story superheroes. and people change and <clears throat> characters develop. Yeah, character arcs. And, exactly. And that's what I think you like Wonder Woman yeah. so much is that it's like, here's an amazing story. It just happens to be about mm-hmm. a superhero who's a female. Yeah. Going from, yeah, I can do anything to, okay, the world's kind of effed up, but you know what? We keep moving on. That's the one thing that I did like about Wonder Woman of the parts that I did see. I didn't like the film as a whole, but the parts between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine were so well acted and so interesting that it did keep my attention. Mm -hmm. That's what I think superhero movies nowadays need more of is interesting character interactions like a la Chris Nolan films, a la Wonder Woman, yeah. Gal Gadot, Chris Pine. Right. That's what they need more of, not less of. We, I don't go to a movie to see Ant-Man and the Wasp jump out of a burning building. Yeah. I go there to see interesting character interactions between Bruce Wayne and Lucius Fox. Yep. I agree. There's a difference. Yep. <clears throat> well, I think there's two types of movies that I enjoy, So, and they're diametric opposites. The first one is, one where I go in and I turn my brain off and I yep. come out and, and you come out it's just like two hours later it's just like that was fun I killed mm-hmm. off yep. two hours and I thoroughly enjoyed it And but the other type of film is that after you watch a film you come out two hours later and it's like I want to talk about this for the yes. next yeah. week <laughs> yes and the Batman films are kind of like you come out of the, whether it's Inception or what the, what what did the top stop? Did it topple over? It wasn't yeah. his kids. Did his kids turn? You know, and, yeah. and and when you watch a film that you want to talk about for next week, so the Marvel films are decidedly more of a turn your brain off with a you know with a slight touch of you want to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that's fine. And I think for the general public. That's what they want, and these are will keep on going up. You're definitely going to appeal to a lot more people if you make a turn your brain off movie rather than make a. Okay, I don't. I'm not implying that Marvel movies only appeal to dumb people or that they are dumb. But if they make a dumb turn your brain off movie, that's going to appeal to a lot more more people than if you make a more sophisticated movie right. that might make choices that people disagree with. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to make those choices with beloved or not so beloved comic book characters. Right. And I think also it's, it's easier to you know like it's an easier sell, right? Mm-hmm. And and. It, and it's less risky, definitely less risky. Yeah. So. All right. Well, all right. So we're all in agreement that you should go see the Marvel movies, basically. <laughs> yeah. I will not, but I will <laughs> leave those tickets to you guys. All right. And that DC is not firing on all, all cylinders yet. Were they ever? Uh, I, well, I have hope for Wonder Woman 1984. No, no surprise well, there. But. You know what? You know, in, you know, just going... The DC universe, I have been, I have read that you know they were trying to, they were trying to copy. Like first of all, they like saw the success of Batman, so they liked the, they like, oh look at this somber feeling, and this is why it's successful. Well, that's not why it's not successful. Really. Yeah. <laughs> and then they started seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like that was successful. It's kind of funny. It's like then they tried to copy it. It's like, eh, that's not why it's successful. And then finally, it's like, and then the other part is like they saw Marvel trying to. Oh, they introduce another character, introduce another character, and then it's going to turn into this culmination. 
that's not why he's successful. And then they wrote the Wonder Woman film and they went, oh, this did really well. Mm-hmm. And I, from what I've heard is that they're going to try less of that continuity of the universe and instead tell individual stories like the Nolan Batmans. Mm. And if that's the case, I have high hopes that individually they can bring out some character development. But so let, let's see what happens. It'll be interesting to see because <clears throat> Justice League just flopped, yeah. right? <laughs> but we do have films that were successful on their own, like Wonder Woman. And it may even be an indication now that Henry Cavill is leaving the role of Superman that maybe DC is ready to turn over a new leaf. Well, but doing individual films. We'll doing individual yeah. films, we'll see. Just but you can't do stories. individual films and tell good stories unless you kind of. I don't know. It might be hard to do that with the original actors in the original films that you still right. have. So well, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, and and that's exactly right. Is and and the great thing when you watch the Nolan Batman's, you didn't know there was a Superman out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There might it didn't not matter. Have been a Superman. Yeah. yeah, it didn't matter. It we didn't, didn't matter. need a Superman. Right. Exactly. So, okay. All right then. <laughs> At twenty-one, Steve Jobs founds Apple Computer. Colonel Sanders is 62 when his first KFC franchise opens. Success can come at any age. Need help jumpstarting your success? With thousands of courses and 60-plus certificate programs, UCI Division of Continuing Education can help. Courses are offered every quarter, so start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash amazing. Are you ready? Ready to kick Zen's butt. (laughs) I'm ready to have my ass kicked. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Question number one. The ghost host on The Haunted Mansion also provided the voice for which Disneyland audio animatronics? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is a good question. Okay. Um, Let's add a couple of qualifiers here. Okay. Since that seems to be the precedent. Are we just talking about Disneyland, or are we talking about audio animatronics in California Adventure as well? Just Disneyland. Okay. How many answers are you looking for? I will accept one, but there are actually two answers. (sighs) Okay. I have no idea, so give me a few minutes to come (laughs) up with a wild guess. I'm going to go with Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay. And... You think that Johnny Depp didn't provide that voice? Uh, well, you know what? There have been different versions. Remember, Johnny Depp, I mean, Johnny Depp didn't always provide the voice. That's true. I was not aware of this. Think well, because think that Pirates of the Caribbean has been there for it's one of the original rides. Exactly. Right, but Jack right Sparrow wasn't always a part of the ride. True. Jack Sparrow was a part. No, no, Jack Sparrow was only a part of the ride remember. after the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. movies were made. Oh yeah. Well, th- then I, I had to change my answer. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with a president. I'm not going to choose one in. Um, the oh, like the Lincoln presents the oh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln. I'm, I'm looking at your face, and that's not the right answer. I'm changing my <laughs> answer. Okay, you can't keep changing your answer. Think that's about not when fair. it was recorded. The ghost host is from the 60s, right? right? 60s. What else is from the 60s? Probably a lot of crap in Fantasyland. <laughs> oh, um, I mean everything in fan. Well, not some everything. Some of those were there before. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. In Pirates, actually, was one of the earlier, if not original, rides. It was the last ride that Walt Disney himself had oversight with. Mm-hmm. Well, that may make it still a possibility. Maybe. Uh, Audio animatronics. So presumably we are talking about like not rides that he hosted like the ghost host, but rather actual physical animatronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's essentially it's a humanoid thing. I'm assuming it's not a dog, but it could, could be a dog. A humanoid <laughs> type of thing that has a voice. So what are those? I mean, obviously... It's the Lincoln Presents thing up front. The Link Presents. Okay, we the, have the Peter Pan has some of... No, yeah. they don't... Do they have animatronics? I don't think they... They, they do have animatronics. You know, and mm-hmm. depending on your class... Because they have the Captain Hook thing on the, over the alligator. Okay. And then, you, you know, but depends on what you consider animatronics. Like sure. How, how close... I mean, like, is... Would one consider a small world animatronics? I'll give you a hint. Both of these audio animatronics have a human-like mouth. Okay. So something that's relatively humanoid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess. But these are so bad guesses. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go with Lincoln for one. Okay. I'll okay. go with Captain Hook for two. Because that's a horrible guess, but it's better than nothing. Okay. You're both wrong. Sorry. <laughs> so if you if you think about it, okay, the ghost host is from late 60s, right? I believe. Yes. And um, so the other ride that's from around that time is Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yes. So if you think about some of the older audiomatronics within Pirates, he actually provided the voice for the talking skull at the beginning, the Dead Men Tell No Tales. Dead that makes sense. And no the original auctioneer before they changed it to Show Me Your Flock and Which one? All that. Oh. The original auctioneer guy, the guy that oh, was like the, the show bride me the I was, I was closer one. earlier, but Yeah. But still very far away. That wouldn't have been. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So All right. no points for either of you. All right, here we go. Question number two. How old is the petrified tree near the rivers of America? <laughs> I had no idea about this one. So well, Zen, since luck. you're the expert on gold here, how old is the rep- the average petrified tree? Yeah. The answer is really, really old. <laughs> Basically. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I'm going to vote 1,000 years old because it's just a... I'll give you guys a hint. It's in the millions. So oh, how many millions? Okay. It's basically oh, so the it's, oldest thing at Wait, Disney what was Pan. the answer for churros? Like how many churros <laughs> three, were sold? Three million was yeah. your like, close guess. Yeah, and it was like two point. I'm going to go with 2.5. It's equal to the number of churros sold a year. Okay. <laughs> Six million. All right, not even close. It's actually over 75 million years old. And do you you guys... So it's really been an ARP for a little bit. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Do you guys know who actually gift... Or, like, where the petrified tree came from? No. No. So it was actually a gift that Walt Disney gave to his wife, Lillian. And Lillian was like, hey, why don't we we just put this this in the park so everybody can enjoy it? That's hysterical. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, honey, (laughs) our marriage is a little bit rocky with this theme park thing going on, but you know what's going to make it? 
petrified wood. Yeah. Oh, what, what's the jokes from the, um, the Jungle Cruise? It's like, you know, what would make our relationship rock solid? <laughs> yep. <laughs> would be some uh, petrified wood. And yeah. Uh, it's like what? Okay. What? What was he thinking? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, love. No, hit or miss. Ah, <laughs> uh, young love. So, what yeah. would that be now? Our score would, for at least today, not total. It would be still zero to zero. <laughs> 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 hmm, I wonder if we'll get any of them. Right. I know. I'm sorry. These are these are pretty tough. All right. Here's another. Another good one. How many leaves are on Tarzan's treehouse? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this to us, Jennifer? Okay, I know the answer this. to this. Oh, you do? You yes, do I not. actually do. You do not. <laughs> there are none because there are all artificial. Oh, okay, well. I'm using these bad. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I have a conspiracy theory here. Okay, all right. Creating a conspiracy theory on air live. Okay, so. <laughs> The original Tarzan came out in 1999. Tarzan and Jane came out in 2002, three years later. And then Tarzan 2 came out in 2005, three years later. I'm guessing that it is 6,006 leaves. Ooh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm not doing the math really well, but I'm going to take all those numbers and I'm going to take the average. So like, you know, so roughly around 2,000. So I'm going to go with 2,000 based off the average of the years. So by year numbers, you'd be covering a tiny bit of it. So think bigger. A lot bigger? Hundreds okay. of thousands. Well, Tarzan <laughs> Ape Man came out in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get 8,000. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, you went 10,000. She's, she's... 50,000. Uh 50,000 leaves. Uh, if we're thinking a lot bigger. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to give you guys a hit. 500,000. Okay. Is that your last answer? Yes, it's my last conspiracy theory. I'm going to go with uh, 300,000. <gasps> you got it. Oh, my no. God. I got On the nose. Oh, my 300,000. Oh, my goodness. My and, lead. And they were added by hand. They added them by hand. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I mean, I, I guess you well, would, how would have you to. Well, how would you do it by really. machine? I guess. Yeah. That's not going to make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> so next time you're you're around that area, appreciate the majesty of those plastic leaves. <laughs> okay, let's go. Next, let's go and count them. Yeah. <laughs> Leave them one by one. What? All right. So how much wow. time do you have? Not much. <laughs> too much, apparently. Apparently. So Five hundred points to Zen. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> right wow. on the nose. Okay, question number four. Which attraction at Disneyland was the first to get a fast pass? This is actually interesting because I'm pretty sure that this happened during my lifetime. Yes. Fast passes are relatively recent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would, if I were to guess, it's right around 2000, a little bit after 2005 2000. is my guess. You know, somewhere around the My guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're close. I'm just going to go with... Uh, was something that just seemed to be always crowded. Yeah. I, you know, I should know this because I was around, I was going to Disneyland, but I forgot. But I'm just going to go with something that just seems like it's a natural because it's always crowded no matter what is uh, Space Mountain. See, that was going to be my guess. We can still but, share an answer. Um, no, well, we can share I mean, we an can't answer. both be right. 
Why not? You could. Well, that was going to be my first right. guess. Okay, here's the make to make it interesting. That'll be my first guess. And then I'll put in a second guess, Ooh. and I'm going to say Indiana Jones. I'm going to go with Indiana Jones. Okay, I'll go, I'll go with Big you Thunder. Could, you could do Indiana Jones, too. Uh, Big <laughs> Thunder is my second guess. Okay, now I'm going to give you guys another clue. Okay. Oh, both wrong. Oh, wow. But all three. All four. Yeah. Three. So, oh, yeah, all three. Sorry, sorry. Think about something. Okay, when this Fast Pass was introduced, I think part of the reason that they introduced it on this ride first was it had a very impressive holiday overlay. Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that's that's got to be Haunted Mansion. Nope. No. <laughs> what else has a very impressive, impressive overlay? holiday overlay? And this is something where I think throughout the majority of the year, it's not really too, too crowded. But then during the holidays, it is like crazy crowded. Um, Can you give us another hint? Is it in Disneyland or California? Adventure? Disneyland. Okay. Well, no, it's, yeah. That is qualified. A holiday overlay. Holiday mm-hmm. overlay. They introduced this one in November of 1999, just before oh, wow. all the holiday stuff started. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was really surprised with this one, too. I I would have guessed that Space Mountain would have been the really first one. Impressive holiday overlay. Because the only one that I can think of with a holiday overlay, there are only two that come to mind. One is Haunted Mansion. The other is Ghost Galaxy. But Ghost Galaxy is really recent. Mm-hmm. There's and a third they, one. That's not really a holiday overlay. Well, yeah, okay, it kind of is no, for okay, Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, wow. I, What's the... I have no idea. Give up? I mean, you, we could go down the... We could go down the list, but how long would that take? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's actually there's not too there many actually. too many attractions. Like it's just there's only like ten or so. Let's see, Tomorrowland. It's not in Main Street. It could be. It's probably not in Frontierland. Well, Indiana Jones doesn't. Well, we talked. Indiana, Indiana Jones doesn't have a holiday overlay. Mm-hmm. And we Neither does anything in New Orleans Square that. besides Haunted Mansion. Gosh. Oh. Well, no. definitely Buzz Lightyear doesn't No. Happen. What is it? It can't be Small World. <laughs> it is! Oh, my gosh! Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. So they introduced it wow. for the holiday season. For <laughs> 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 It's a Small World. Have you guys been on it during the holidays? Yeah, well, yeah, when I, I was a kid, that used to be my favorite thing ever. Oh, that's right. Wait, that's wait. right. They have a fast pass? Yeah. Do they still have one? You know, I think they do actually. Really? Because the thing is, it always—it's no, always a five-minute wait when it's I walk. Like, by exactly. Long. That's why it's so surprising. It's like, oh, yeah. Why would this one need it first? But sure it's, it's because it's, yeah. the holidays it gets really crowded because everyone wants to see the lights, and also I think every character inside sings a combination of jingle bells, and it's a small world. Yes, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Yep. Yeah. It's a small I world. I used to love <laughs> It's a Small World. And then a couple of years ago, I went with someone who had never been to Disneyland before. I took her to Disneyland, and she had to go on It's a Small World. Mm-hmm. I took her on, and as soon as we got off, her first thought was, you know, 
if they just lowered the key a few steps, it would be much less annoying. <laughs> Aww. And she is right. Yeah, it does so, kind of wear on you after a while. Yeah. So what you want is you want to have a, like a child, okay? So lots of rides. You'll never may never see this ever again. Is that for rides on a slow day? Used to be. I don't think there's any slow days anymore. If there was no line, you could just sit on the boat and they'll wave you if you say hey can we go again and they'll wave you through and let you go back onto the yeah. just keep on going on a ride like flicks flyers all those things used to be is just like if there was no line hey can we stay on we'll let you stay on wait until you do small world three times in a row yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a kid it's like oh my god it's a near worm i can't get it out of my head yeah you know what my husband uses small world for what he actually catches pokemon The last time we went, there he is on his phone, just like swiping. (laughs) Actually, it is the best place. If okay, now this is a this is a pro tip. If you have a child and you're at Disneyland and it's hot during the summer, it is a 15 minute ride where you get into the cool air and you can take a nap and your kid's not going to run around. (laughs) You put your arm around your kid, fall asleep for 15 minutes, take your power nap, and then you're good to go 15 minutes later. Nice. I feel like I should be taking notes for later. (laughs) I know, right? Pro-life tips. Okay, I think we've been going Okay, so you guys are effectively tied for this round. For this round. For point accumulation. So 500 each. Okay. And here is our final question. And this one's kind of tough, too. Um, What souvenir inspired Disney to create the Enchanted Tiki Room Birds? This one's really... Oh, I'm too young for this crap. (laughs) Like, I had no idea. This was kind of what a, oh, souvenir? that's interesting. Yeah. So he went to New Orleans and he found something that he brought back. I'm gonna Mardi go. Gras costume. Okay. Because <laughs> they're very gonna, feathery. I'm just going to go with, so we, we'll have an equal wrong. Uh, those, they make tiki mugs, like mm-hmm. that you get a drink that looks like a, like a log that's been carved into one of the tiki things. Mm-hmm. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. But you want to do second guess? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one I was like, uh, we'll try it, but yeah. So actually, he brought back a, a small mechanical bird. And and they took it apart, and the Imagineers kind of figured out how it worked, and that's where the the tiki birds originated from. In the tiki 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 room. It's actually one of my least favorite rides, and it's now become one of my favorite yeah. rides, strangely enough. I know. I kind of agree. Like, you know, as a kid, you're like, ugh, I don't want to sit here. I want to go on something fast and exciting. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, it's a good place to just chill for a sec and well, enjoy air conditioning. And entertain. Yeah, it's int- Oh, okay, so let's keep on doing trivia. David, yes. what was the tiki room originally supposed to be? Oh, originally supposed you know to this? be. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do I, it for well, you. I only you know it because you, I was oh, looking up I've, other trivia. So. I, I've come across this information before, but I don't remember specifically what it was supposed to be. It was originally supposed to be a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was yes, because they had like a uh, a weird bathroom place, but there's a hidden bathroom somewhere over yeah. there that was supposed to be part of that restaurant. Yeah. So. This is the way my mind works. It's just putting <laughs> random facts together. <laughs> well, now it's kind of going to turn this into isn't that, make isn't it? Any sense. Is it? I, I think, aren't they making like a eating area that's hooked on to the tiki room? 
I don't know. It's something like I think it's actually called like Tropical Getaway so, or something so like that. So essentially, it was supposed to be the original Chuck E. Cheese. Uh. <laughs> uh, red flag alert. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> All right. Well, good job. I think now we're up to. Let's see here. David has three thousand five hundred points, and Zen has yes. two thousand five hundred points. Uh. So it's still anybody's game. But for this round, we are tied. For, for this round, <laughs> you did not get your ass kicked. <laughs> Bask in the glory. That is called a T-ball trophy, my friend. <laughs> a T-ball trophy. Zen, my age you group, get we a, only want to win of the yes. whole thing. You today. get a participation trophy <laughs> because everybody's a winner at Main Street UCI. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we should make those. We definitely should. Do we, do we have the budget for that? We can do it. Let's see. <laughs> do we have any budget? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Possibly. That's all the time we have for this edition of Main Street UCI. And once again, we want to give a big thank you to our amazing sponsor, UC Irvine's Division of Continuing Education. We're thankful to be working with such a fun and diverse group of people who also provide a diverse and exciting group of courses. I mean, we have esports management. How amazing is that? Anyway, thank you for tuning in today, and we hope you'll come back and hear us again real soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.